It's just before worship here at St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. I'm the redheaded preacher of said church. This is the service for January 21st, 24, 2014, 2024. And you hear the organ music in the background. I've got to finish putting my robe on and uh, get out there. We're receiving new members today. And the uh, sermon is about discipleship and getting started in discipleship and continuing getting started in discipleship, I guess. So uh, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go. Our first reading begins with, For God alone my soul waits in silence. As we come to the scriptures, when God somehow speaks with us, we are not waiting for God in silence. We are hearing from the Holy One in the spoken word. Since that is always a sacred event, please join me in prayer as we ask God's blessings on the reading and our listening, so we hear what God wants us to hear. Let us pray. God, whose reign is nearer than we have realized, and whose realm is available to us even here and now, speak your invitation to us today in ways we have never fully heard before. Confront us again with the good news you want us to share, and list us in reaching out to the world with love and joy, so all may be saved from calamity and know the fulfillment you intend for every person. In the name of Jesus, the Word made flesh, we ask this. Amen. The aforementioned reading is Psalm 62, verses 5 through 12. It is a psalm of trust in God's deliverance and also a perspective on time, life, and riches. For God alone my soul waits in silence, for my hope is from him. God alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor, my mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in the Lord at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Salah. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up, they are together lighter than a breath. Put no confidence in extortion, and set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice, twice have I heard this. The power belongs to God, and steadfast love belongs to you, O Lord. For you repay to all according to their work. This ends the reading from the Psalter. Our epistle lesson is from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 29 through 31. Paul advises the church on attachments, given the belief that Christ is to return very quickly. I mean, brothers and sisters, the appointed time has grown short. From now on, let even those who have wives be as though they had none, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning. And those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no possessions, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. This ends the reading from the epistle. 
Will those who are able please stand up for the reading of the gospel lesson? Today, the reading is Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. This follows the baptism and desert temptations of Christ. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And he went a little farther. He saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Here ends the reading of the gospel and the scriptures for this morning's service. Thanks be to God for this, the word of the God of life, for the life of the people of So, I was going to begin by saying, what a perfect setup, right? <laughs> Even though this is not a perfect setup, but um, what I mean is that new members are joining or have just joined on the same Sunday that our gospel reading is about people following Jesus to be one of his, one of his disciples. And when joining a church, one unites with a group of fellow disciples trying their best to follow Christ in the world. We're all called to follow and officially joining a community of faith like St. Peter's is one expression of answering that call. That's why I thought it was the perfect setup. Except I wouldn't really normally use the word setup. I didn't pick this gospel passage. The four young men had to stop doing something to obey the call of Jesus. They had to drop their nets and physically go with him. Sometimes you and I may be stagnant in our spiritual journey. We may even be sliding backwards. Sometimes we may be hearing the call for the first time, but we must drop our nets, as it were, to really hop onto discipleship drive. Well, what do we drop to answer the call to follow? Well, what we drop, or maybe very gently set down, can be physical, it can be emotional, it can be spiritual, or a combination thereof. I remember in my later teen and college years, when my faith was new, I gathered enough, I, just by listening and, and reading, I picked up enough about sacrifice, or giving something up, or putting something down, that I had to sacrifice sleeping in on Sunday mornings so I could get to worship. I had to put it down, or give it up. And that was not an easy thing to do, but honesty compelled me. Coupled with that were my doubts about whether I really needed the church. I had gone through confirmation and chose not to join my old home church at the time because I had a relationship with God and I didn't think I needed the church for it. But over time, my understanding of the value of such community grew and years later, I was baptized and joined my home church. I had to drop the idea, the old idea, and adopt a new one. 
when I was 17, and some of you know this story. When I was 17, I read in the book of James, if anything, they are religious, but do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Well, I thought God was talking right to me. What I heard God tell me was I had to quit swearing, to drop something else that would get in the way of my relationship with God. It had to be dealt with. Now, I'm not telling these stories to say, look at me. I'm just giving some real-life examples of dropping some nets to take up the cross and follow. I doubt I'm the only person who's ever grumbled about having to get up on a Sunday morning, but did it anyway and was glad they did. I doubt I'm the only one who made some lifestyle changes because that had to happen to try to really follow Jesus, even if they did not happen all at once. There is a prayer that has this line in it. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character that stands in the way of my usefulness to you or my fellows. That is asking God's help to drop the nets, too. Simon, Andrew, John, and James had defects of character, to use the term of the prayer, but in their here and now, When Jesus called, hanging on to their nets was the problem. Staying in the boat with their father, for James and John, was the problem. A new call awaited their response. Later on, Jesus sought to help them, maybe especially Simon Peter, with their defects of character. So it's not all, all at once, as I said. Discipleship is spiritual growth and not instant oatmeal or high-speed internet. Bang, it's there. It doesn't work like that, and we know that. Giving up things that we may follow Christ, or after we get started, follow Christ better, well, this has a lot of positive aspects to it. One of these is the liberty that comes after those sacrifices were made. Have you ever heard a recovering addict for example, talk about how they feel they now have their life back because of their freedom from drugs, gambling, or alcohol, their life. They can start to do the things they once only dreamed about. In recovery, they find freedom to go back to school, to find a steady job, to save some money and try to repair broken relationships. Are not these good in the sight of God? Michael Card co-wrote and sings a song called The Things We Leave Behind. It goes like this. There sits Simon, so foolishly wise, Proudly he's tending his nets. Then Jesus calls and the boats drift away, And all that he owns he forgets. But more than the nets he abandoned that day, he found that his pride was soon drifting away, and it's hard to imagine the freedom we find from the things we leave behind. Matthew was mindful of taking the tax, pressing the people to pay. Hearing the call, he responded in faith, followed the light and the way. 
And leaving the people so puzzled, he found the greed in his heart was no longer around. And it's hard to imagine the freedom we find from the things we leave behind. Every heart needs to be set free from possessions that hold it so tight. Because freedom's not found in the things that we own. It's the power to do what is right. With Jesus our only possession, then giving becomes our delight. We can't imagine the freedom we find from the things we leave behind. We show a love for the world in our lives by worshiping goods we possess. And Jesus said, lay all your treasures aside and love God above all the rest. Because when we say no to the things of the world, we open our hearts to the love of the Lord. And it's hard to imagine the freedom we find from the things we leave behind. There is also freedom from the things we leave behind, our nets, when we simply do not allow ourselves to be negative all the time anymore. Do not allow the things that got to us keep getting to us, including people. There's a level of detachment, healthy detachment, that can come as we decrease the power someone or something seems to have over us or over how we act, how we feel, what we believe, how we react. Now, they should not dictate our lives, our feelings, our identity, unless they're speaking words of wisdom we need to hear. But I'm thinking about things that get us ended up thinking negatively. A small example of this, a very small example of this, is of anyone who used to get really uptight about being late to meetings or even to church. You can't be late. You can't be late. And the person gets so wound up, she's cursing the drivers in front of her, losing all composure until she drops the net of have to. If you're late, you're late. It's not worth getting one's neck all hunched up in upset, catastrophizing the way the day plays out. Sometimes people are late. To be able to have that freedom, to accept that reality and, and be free. Be free from letting the old, really high expectations kill your chill and mess with the larger perspective. St. Francis of Assisi once said, Wear the world like a loose garment, which touches us in a few places and there lightly. Wear the world like a loose garment. This does not mean that you and I don't care about anything. Heavens. It does not mean we don't have jobs to do, children to raise, loans to pay off, conflicts to resolve. It means to be free of their power to threaten to ruin your life or your enjoyment of life. It means to keep some perspective on what's temporary and will pass and what's not. So much that. It means to be freer from the drama. Dropping our nets, as I said, means more than one thing. One of them is that attitude of freedom from the demands and concerns which overwhelm us 
and keep us from following Jesus Christ. And this state of being overwhelmed by what we must do or must have or where we must be, it can become obstacles to keeping our eyes on Christ, the Lord we follow. And this disciple's higher point of view does not come overnight, but it can come. Following the Eternal One gives us good reason to ask ourselves, why am I getting so crazy over this when I'm keeping my eyes on the one who died and rose again for the world? That's guiding me more than anything else. Those values, that person. The one who is helping me navigate the craziness before me. Because we do have craziness and demands, but he can help us navigate that. St. Francis. Wear the world like a loose garment, which touches us in a few places and there lightly. Or, as Paul wrote, let even those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. It does not mean you don't care or don't offer help. It means that you and I refuse to let it make you hard to live with, or whether you're alone or with others. And prayer helps us attain this also as we drop this net and put on that garment. And lastly, for this morning, we cover nets and garments a little bit. But lastly, for today, you and I both, we do well to keep the end in mind from the start of our discipleship, the start of our following. In his sermon before calling disciples, we heard it at the early part of the Gospel reading, Jesus said the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Well, this means that God's realm is not fully present yet. It remains our ultimate destination, the goal toward which we are working and living. In the novel Windows of the Heavens, a Methodist pastor named Harley Camden reads his congregation a line from the book of Revelation. The angel showed me the river of the water of life, clear, excuse me, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Then Harley says to them, Begin with the end in mind. Today's scripture is the end of the story, he says. It is the goal to which God is moving. From the first day of creation to the end of time, God wants there to be harmony between water and cities, between plant life and human developments. The city and the river and the tree of life all live in harmony. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Harley pauses to let that message sink in. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. And then he said, begin with the end in mind. The good news of the kingdom of God, first proclaimed by Jesus, is the news that God is working to bring harmony between heaven and earth, and between human society and the natural world. This is a kingdom of love and justice, peace and hope, healing. We move closer to this destination when we drop our nets, thereby experiencing freedom from them, 
and who are following Christ and make decisions that are in line with the values of the kingdom, values we learn as we go. Our journey begins when we chose to answer the call of Jesus. And often this has to do with nets and putting on this, wearing the world like a garment, and of course following Jesus. Members of St. Peter's knew and not quite so new. Let's walk this road together. Amen. Hi there. You all missed a little bit of a mini drama before the sermon was even preached because as I got ready to press the record button, I noticed that the, the, the light on the phone got darker, which means the battery is going out. And I thought I had enough to get through the service. So actually that wasn't just before the sermon, but it was close. So my wife was live streaming us in the front pew, and I know she carries sometimes these uh, portable battery chargers. You know, you charge them and then you carry them and they can charge something with you on the go. She had one. And so I took it up during the offer offerings being taken at this time. I go back up to the pulpit. I plug it in. Nothing. It doesn't. You don't see the little charging e image. Turned it over. You know, not the phone, but turned the uh, the plug over. That didn't do anything either. So I don't remember what I did, but she figured out it wasn't working. So she came up and tried to make it work. Uh, my Nook could record, but it had already started acting funky on me. It was shutting down uh, the, the worship page, the worship bulletin page. So um, I wasn't going to go to my Nook. Besides, I turned it off already, and it, it's really, really uh, slow to fire up. And, you know, the offering is just about done. So finally, I decide while my wife is working with her phone, and another fellow in the front pew was trying, was willing to offer his phone, but he didn't have a, a recording program on it. And um, somebody else who live streamed said, well, we could take the audio from the live stream, but we know that's not the greatest quality. I just decided to go ahead with the 5% battery life I have now left and try. So I think my wife recorded the sermon on her phone, and unless it shut out and stopped recording, before I was done, the sermon was recorded on my phone. It was 3% battery life left when I went back to it at the end, though the phone had indeed gone black. Um, so I hope this is all there. I'm sure I'll find out, um, and maybe this will all be moot because we'll end up using another audio source. But uh, that was something else. And I hope you'll find that this uh, message is something else as well as I share with you some ideas about answering the call and putting down the nets and wearing a loose garment and different ways to look at that. So I hope you have enjoyed the broadcast and, uh, excuse me, the, the podcast. And we will look forward to next Sunday, January 28th. I don't know what I'm preaching on, but I know I'm going to be working hard at making it a good one. Thanks for tuning in to the Redheaded Preacher. May God bless you, and may God bless your week. Amen. 
Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to the Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.